0: On the Xavier Sports Network. From Learfield. Live from the Dilly Bistro in Marymount. Welcome to the Sean Miller Radio Show. Presented by Bud Light. Easy to drink, easy to enjoy. And by Try Health. Try Health provides surprisingly human care that drives the best health outcomes. Be seen, be heard, be healed. Visit tryhealth.com. Now, here are Joe Sunderman and Byron Larkin.
1: Welcome to the Sean Miller Radio Show, live from Dilly Bistro in Merriman. I'm Joe Sunderman, along with Byron Larkin. We're waiting for Sean Miller to join us. I understand they had a film session back at the mm-hmm. school that uh, went extended, and he'll be here in about five or ten minutes. So I guess for the next five or ten minutes, I'm going to rename it the Byron Larkin Show. Well, let's go. Let's get a, don't we need to re-sign a contract or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Xavier Musketeers this past week lost to UConn by five eighty seventy five. Hit a terrific victory on the road at Providence, Rhode Island, beating the Providence Friars eighty five to sixty five, and uh, that was without a doubt the best performance the Musketeers have had in a long, long time. It was something to witness the last thirty minutes of that ball game.
2: Yeah, especially when you consider Providence. Providence had lost three games in a row prior. Xavier lost two games. In a row, so both teams were super desperate. So you knew you were going to get their best shot. The other thing that was really impressive to me was Providence was ten and one at home. Xavier went there and beat them by twenty on their own floor, and I, I think that says a lot about the program. Now you think about the two at.
1: the two wins in the Big East? Xavier's won by twenty or more when they beat Seton Hall, and then Providence and against Seton Hall, they had 3 pointers against. Uh, Providence, they had 12 three-pointers. It just shows you the value of shooting the ball well. And, of course, Trey Green had an outstanding performance, 23 points, and was just remarkable, certainly in the second half. And, Byron, when I was watching Trey Green and thinking about that ball game as a freshman, he had a a breakout game. You had a similar situation like that when you were a freshman. When Xavier played Pittsburgh on the road, they were in the Big East. They were ranked, and the thought was Xavier wanted to play him in their place. Uh, not much of a chance, you came off the bench in that game. You were not starting as a freshman. You scored 17 points, mm-hmm. and the rest is history, as you kind of learned in that ball game, uh, that I can do this, and I can do it at a high level. Now, Trey Green, maybe a similar experience, that he's finally going to get that confidence. He, most of the shots he's taken this year, I think, are going in. Not a, a lot of them didn't for early on. But to talk to him in practice, he always had confidence. He always said he was going to work hard, which he did. And then he had great success, which is thrilling to see. But what's a breakout game like that? When you, your experience as a freshman, what might that do for Craig, Craig Green as he moves forward? Oh, uh, it's
2: it's huge. It's, it's like a, a watershed moment for you because when you're a freshman, and well, all these players like in high school, you're you're you're, you're the best player on your team, and now you come to college, and you know, for lack of better, or you're you're one of the worst because you're playing with guys who are three years older than you. You're playing with guys who have beards and. You know I, I I wouldn't even you know I wasn't even shaving when I was a freshman you know so uh, it was it was really enlightening I, I remember the first time I played pickup with the guys at Xavier and um, you know I my eyes got really big and I barely touched the ball and I went back to the coach and I was like hey you know I made a mistake I, I'm gonna go play football I, 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 <laughs> I, I you know because I, I got recruited for football and but I always loved playing basketball and that that first that first uh indoctrination to playing with those older guys was it was uh it was kind of harsh the coaches like encouraged me to say hey you have to you know have to work a little harder you have to adjust your game and you know it, it that, that freshman year is a tough year and then you have your teammates your older teammates who aren't giving you any grace either you know they're like hey you're not taking my spot, Byron, so I'm just going to keep knocking you in the dirt as hard as I can. You know, so um, so you have a lot of that going on as well. But it says a lot about Trey Green. One, to, to keep working hard because for the first time in his life, he's not playing much. You know, all these players on Xavier's team have, have always been the best player on every team, you know, from the times they, they can walk to the senior year in high school. Now you get to get to college, and now you're not only not in the rotation, you're not playing at all. And you a lot of times don't <laughs> – and you're away from home when this is happening, and you're trying to adjust. So there's a lot of pressure on freshmen to to stay the course given those circumstances. And it says a lot about Trey Green that he responded the way he did in that circumstance because, you know, you could very easily just say, eh, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting screwed over by the coach. I should be playing. I'm not playing, so I'm just gonna have a bad attitude. Or, uh, I'm just gonna transfer with the transfer portal now. That's, uh, you know, that's a, an option, uh, for some players. But Trey Green, what he did, he kept working, and he kept, and and I I credit Sean and his staff to be able to keep him motivated, keep keep the freshmen motivated to keep working hard when they're not seeing the results in, in playing time. So Trey Green has earned the playing time. Because no one on this team, and people come up to me and say, well, why don't he? they try this guy? Why don't they try this guy? Sean is not going to try anybody unless you have earned the right to play. And you do that in practice. If he doesn't trust your effort, if he doesn't trust your um, your mentality defensively to be tough-minded out as – as he likes to see you play, you just won't play. And uh, Trey Green has done a lot to put himself in that position to where Sean will trust him. I think in that Providence game is one of the first times he was able to play through traffic, play through uh, mistakes, and uh, where he had a, an ability uh, uh, to play. And it says a lot about him to, to keep, keep working hard, given that you know, he wasn't playing to put himself in the position to when his number was called, he was able to, to come up big for the Muskies.
1: What about his confidence moving forward?
2: Oh, Joe, this, the, I think hopefully this is something that he can build on. You know, Sean often talked about what they see in practice every day. It's different in practice than when the lights are on and people are in the stands. and He was able to do that in a big way.
1: Well, I guess your show's over now. Sean's here. Thank you very <laughs> much. Yeah, sorry. You a great job, Pete. <laughs> we have
3: such a quick turnaround here. We had a uh, mm-hmm. – an extra film session and went a little bit late. Next thing you know, I'm I'm late to my radio show, so I'm sorry. Well, you know, when That's coaches okay. get
1: involved, in, and Byron talked about it all the time with Pete Gillen, how they get involved in that from – they just kind of lose. Oh, just, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, you kinda, sure. that's yeah, where you yeah, are. You're yeah, so much yeah, in that moment. Yeah. I mean, he once was. There's things you need to teach. The game's got a he, fixed time. When it's going to
2: start? People go into a trance. Yeah. <laughs> like we're watching, and all of a sudden we disappear, and he's just talking to himself. You know, <laughs> rewinding. And then we're yeah. like, hey, coach, we're back here. <laughs> we're we're this together. So, <laughs> yeah. how often do you watch film with your with your team, coach? What is it like after a game? And- how does that, that work? Is it Are you work, watching it as a team or breaking it out into positions? Or how, how does that happen?
3: Yeah, I mean, like everything, Byron, today, it's it's like you have a system in place. So, you know, if you're a player on our team, we play a game, uh, number one, you know, you're going to have some individual clips, individual moments that you're going to watch isolated with a, an assistant coach. And sometimes I'll be involved. Most of the time with that, I won't be involved Uh that's the relationship between our staff and that, and that player things that you can show them that sometimes you can talk to him about at a longer length than if the other 12 or 13 guys are sitting there watching the same thing. So, and you know, some of this Byron is just learning your learner, right? Guys like, I'll, I'll give you an example somebody like Sasha, you know, who's learning English as a language clearly can, can speak it, but just as he listens and learns and, tries to take it in, learning one-on-one is much more powerful for him. Mm-hmm. If he could sit with you for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, and watch himself or, or teaching points, just you and a coach, he learns so much better, which makes sense. Uh, yes. And uh, and then there's some other guys that maybe it doesn't matter quite as much, so you, you figure that out. And then the second part is we always have what we call feedback feedback and we're going to go through the good and the bad, both when we had the ball and when the other team had the ball. The highlights, the lowlights, and mostly it's about teaching and trying to grow and learn and improve, uh, improve our team. So we always do that, even on a quick turnaround. So we did that yesterday. Is that and, with uh, the whole
2: team, or is that, in pos- that, that broken position? That will always be with the
3: whole team. And you know, sometimes it takes 15 minutes. Sometimes it could take up to 45 minutes to an hour. I, I think it varies on uh, how we did when we play the next game, the time of year. But between your clips with an assistant coach and the feedback with the team, you know, that's a lion's share of the learning. And now the third part is you move into the scouting, which we're in with Butler, and that is to show them their personnel and what Butler does well on offense, what Butler does on defense, what we have to do to get ready. And if you're following our schedule, it's it's uh, it's it's coming at us in waves right now. You know, you, you had UConn at home on a Wednesday. You had Providence. Two o'clock Saturday, here we are tomorrow night, Tuesday, uh 6.30 game against Butler. And then when that game ends, we play Georgetown on Friday at 6.30. So you start to add that up, that's like three games in, in essence in about nine days. There's a lot going on, especially now that school has resumed. So our guys, uh, they have a lot, lot on their plate.
1: You mentioned uh,
3: – It's so cold outside, what else do they have to do, though, <laughs> besides – It is great basketball. Besides school good, and basketball, basketball you wouldn't want to do anything yeah, else. That's
1: right. Sasha <laughs> so, Shani, did you compliment him on some of the picks that he sent to free the cards up a little bit? I thought he did a great job doing that,
3: that game. He did. He, and I, I thought not only him, but uh, we executed against Providence, you know, freed up uh, a number of different players. It was Trey – it was Quincy, uh, it was Dez, and I think some of the good offense that we ran, to your point, Joe, I know you always look out for those big, slow guys. That's I right. Thought, I thought they did a good job screening. and They did a great and, job. Yeah, it's like the offensive linemen. They yeah. never quite get the credit for the the running back that has the 100-yard night, right? right? So yes. those big guys have to set good screens, and you're right. We I can do the we, rest of the we show now. We're ready to go. <laughs>
2: They're the reason for all the success always. Coach, you said a little bit about Desmond Claude. I mean. <clears throat> I don't know if we've talked enough about how well he's been playing, especially in that first half. I mean he had 19 points and but he was he he had it all going for him.
3: you know Des is uh that was the best game of the season for him. uh he really put it all together, Byron. One of the things that's happened the last two games quietly is the ball has gone down when he shot the three. And, you know, it's just like it's, its I think, to some degree, frustrating for Dez because he's put in a lot of time and effort from last year where three-point shooting really wasn't a part of what he did to this summer and fall. And I think I would be the one telling you, like, boy, his shot has really gotten better. It's taken a while to translate. And I think for the first time here, we're starting to see him settle in. And You know, he doesn't have to make four or five threes in a game. But, man, he makes that such a better team, and he's much more difficult to defend when he can keep you honest from the three-point line. And, you know, he's shooting the ball with more confidence, and it's good to see.
1: All right, this is the Sean Miller Coaches Show from Dilly Bistro in Marymount on 55KRC in the Varsity Network. Welcome back to the Sean Miller Show from Dilly Bistro in Marymont, Xavier fans. <laughs>
2: Help Cincinnati Cancer Advisors achieve victory over cancer at the next home game at the Centa Center. Just grab a souvenir cup for a chance to win great prizes like a private VIP suite, courtside seats, or Xavier merchandise. I'd
1: like to thank everybody for coming tonight, braving the cold weather, another capacity crowd here at Dilly Bistro. and. Uh... We sure do appreciate it. Once want you to know that for sure, and we have a birthday.
3: We do appreciate it, and thank you, guys. Your crowd, the crowd this year and last year has been amazing. And, uh, Martha, I'd like to wish you a happy birthday. Happy birthday, yesterday. Martha. Yesterday, <laughs> belated birthday, yeah. So, you're you're one of the great fans, Martha. And I know this, in the ten seasons that I've been a part of Xavier basketball, you've been here from start to finish in all ten, so thank you.
1: She has, <laughs> Martha Schuler. Thank you. Coach, in a win over Providence, and you have been yelling to your ball club from day one of practice, faster, quicker, moving up the court. I think you finally had that against Providence for at least a period of time. Your team was flying up the court both directions, getting back on defense, mm-hmm. but certainly when they grabbed the ball, any and everybody, they were hustling across the timeline.
3: We, we played with really good pace, and, um, and I was really proud of our team because when you play a game like we played against UConn, which you really pour, pour your heart and soul into that. It's very emotional. There's a couple things in that game that we weren't proud of what we did. We talked about it. Our transition defense really let us down. And Look, sometimes you have to tip your hat to the team we're playing as well. That's an area where UConn might be the best in the country. So we did get exposed. but So you have to leave that game, learn from it, and quickly all of a sudden you find yourself in Providence, Rhode Island, playing in the Providence Civic Center, the Dunkin' Donuts Center, whatever it's called these days, in front of that crowd and a good team, a team that needed a win, and you wonder, like, God, are we going to have the energy from start to finish that we're going to need? And we we did, and I appreciate you saying that, Joe, because I've had a couple people bring it up, and I thought our guys were just, you know, played with uh, a lot of energy, and I think the word sometimes is force where just, you know, you're know you fast up and down the court and you just almost can feel it and it has a, a, a real impact on the game. Now, the key is can we do it again? Because, we, we again, you leave the quick turnaround at Providence on Saturday. You guys traveled with us. We got back in the evening and now a pretty quick turnaround here for Butler. But uh, we're always going to be better when we push the pace. That's part of the identity of, I think, what we're building. We had it last year. We've really had it this year. We just aren't as – aren't as talented making shots as we would have been a year ago. But I think that uh, in that game, somebody like Trey Green comes in the game. Byron, you've talked about Giedis. When those two guys are chipping in and making some shots, it just uh, I think that uh, that pace that we're talking about shows up better, Joe.
2: Coach, according to uh, Tom Izzo, the SIDs, Aver, second in the Big East, 27th in the nation in assist. You lead the Big East in fast break points, mm-hmm. so that's something that that just doesn't happen organically. That's something that you got to work on and practice, yeah. and it's got to be really nice to see that. Yeah, I just think fruition.
3: it's look if if you're a fan and everybody in here is, it's just a much funner game when you watch a team push the ball. <laughs> you know, push the ball is a lot of ways to play. I, I think in recruiting, there's nothing that that a young person looks more f- looks forward to more than having a chance to play with pace. That's how the game's played at the highest levels. And it's something that I I think that if it's done correctly, Byron, it's it's not only a fun way to practice and play the game, but really you can maximize your talent. And when you look at a guy like Quincy, think about the big games that Quincy's had. What's the one common thread? He he gets shots in transition. Three point shots in transition. You know, you you see Davion when he's had his best games, he seems to be playing with that ball in the middle of the floor like he did against Providence, making things happen. So we certainly want to keep that up. And uh, I thought we did a good job on Saturday, and we want to build on that for tomorrow. And, Sean, so
2: not, not you know, everybody wants to play fast, but not everybody can do that without being reckless. Right. And being able to kind of control your turnovers. You talk a lot about that all the time, the turnovers, the rebounding, how, how it's important, but turnovers especially – when you're playing fast, you got to get good looks, and I, I think it starts with your point guard making sure he, your right people have the ball in the right spots, and he makes the right decisions. and And Davion uh, McKnight, I think, is really coming on, is really solid. I think it, uh, he had eight points and eight assists, yep. uh, two turnovers. Yeah, yep. leads the league in, in assists and assists to turnover. And you got to have that good quarterback out there if you're playing fast. And I, I think he's really really just getting better as the season goes on.
3: He is by he the way I would just describe him is just he is a really fun guy to coach. He's the same every day. He's the same whether we have a heartbreaking loss or he doesn't play well or we have a huge win and he does play well. He just he just steady and it's that steadiness and his willingness to show up and work hard every day. Abu is very similar. You know, those two guys have done a great job just really leading by example. And as you know, like, De'Bion didn't start the season on fire. No. I mean, in the month of November, I think he was really learning a lot about Xavier and our style and how this is going to feel. But I agree he's more comfortable now. And uh, when he's really pushing the ball, playing at at, at his best, I'll go back to UC, the Crosstown shootout. That's when I think our team is at, is at our best. He, he's that engine that I think we really need, and uh, I'm really excited about his development.
0: I still have not.
2: Lucky Land Casino,
0: asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
3: Lucky?
2: seen or heard him ever speak a word he's quiet he really <laughs> like, is like, yeah. like never he'll just look he at you and like, he can't talk he can Will definitely he talk? Yeah, yeah. does he talk he,
3: <laughs> he opens up I think you know alone but uh just by nature it's just he he is he is certainly quiet but does a great job leading by example I'm constantly on him to communicate with me more you know again I thought back to the UConn game the game got so fast and frenetic that we didn't communicate with each other Real well. You could feel it in the game. That that was part of our problem in transition defense. So, uh, again, you talk to him. You show him. Is he a willing learner? Absolutely. And in the Providence game, he did a better job communicating with me, with our teammates, and uh, eight assists and two turnovers. We'll take that any night from our point guard.
1: Coaches, I watch your team evolve. It seems to me preparing for Xavier now versus a month ago is much more difficult, for example, you're at seven minutes in the game. You're trailing by 11 points, and you're bringing, I think, a three-quarter court press and maybe a full court mm-hmm. press, and you're, you're throwing different looks. Mm-hmm. And to me, it, you watch teams prepare for that. You can talk about it a lot, but when you see it and it changes on you, you got to rethink it. Uh, what am I supposed to do now? And you're doing that to the opponents.
3: Yeah, for sure, Joe. And, and uh, you know, it's like everything in life. Sometimes you, in hindsight you look back and say, okay, uh, what could we have done better? What could I have done better? and it's the the most difficult part in today, or especially for our team this year is when you have ten new players, and I know I've talked a lot about it, you know you just think about it if you give them too much, you already know the outcome. they're not going to ever have a chance to be good at any one thing, just because we haven't been together long enough to get the repetition and the familiarity that basketball requires, so you know you want to build the strongest foundation the most important things, and you want to get as far up the ladder with those things as you can before you start adding different things that you can add as a coach, offense, defense. You know, even like zone offense, you know, an experienced team, sometimes that alone takes care of zone offense. It's it's not being uncomfortable when you see the change of defense. When you have a new group, that's something that can really, uh-oh, And we felt that a couple of times throughout the course of the year. We're better at that area now. But what we finally have settled in on, and I think we'll continue to develop it and and build as our year goes on, and certainly in the future, is to be able to pick up full court, change the game, and be able to press, maybe not for 40 minutes, but after free throws or after a timeout and give the team different looks. Um, To your point, harder to prepare for us and I think it gives us a chance to do exactly what happened at Providence. Sometimes you force a steal, you score it, and it changes the game. And I thought near the end of the first half, our press forced two quick turnovers, and it really gave us some good momentum going into halftime.
2: Coach, it, it helped in the UConn game as well. For sure. I mean, yep. you had multiple. Villanova as well. Yeah, and uh, I guess w- when you're a, a team that's probably a better defensive team than offensive team, and mm-hmm. I, I would kind of describe your team as that – this year definitely last year was a little different. Yeah. You know, I think you were a better offensive team yeah. than defensive team last year. Uh, this year's team when when you when you struggle to score in the half court, you need to be able to create some some offense off your defense and being able to extend your defense at time to create turnovers, to get in transition, to get people out like a Dalen Swain to get a layup, to get a dunk, to help get that confidence has got to be Something great to have, in you know, in your back pocket to throw out there. Now, that's something that your opponents have to prepare for.
3: No doubt about it, and we're we're working on it almost daily right now. Whether it be day of the game and shoot around, and just through our film. So, for example, you asked earlier, you know, part of what we really wanted to show our team after the Providence game is just that our press being effective, and maybe why it was effective, and, and showing them, you know, what what we did well. Um, in that game, so it, it leads into the next one. So, But, yeah, we're well aware of it, and I, and I think our guys like it as well for the same reason that you described, Byron. I'm always
1: amazed about how many of your guys can grab a rebound off the glass and take it on the dribble and start a fast break. I'd say yeah, typically you have four out of the five players on the floor that can actually grab it and go, whether it's Swain, Green, Oliveri, uh, McKnight, Claude. And maybe Usman, but probably he's looking for a guard right away. Maybe you're hoping he is anyway.
3: Yeah, God, I hope he doesn't dribble out. That would be a disaster. <laughs> he dribbled out it's, the game last yeah, the other yeah. game
2: against Providence, Coach. Yeah,
3: and we <laughs> saw Giedis on the fast break against UConn, and that didn't look <laughs> no. real well uh, how that worked out. But, you know, back to the Providence yeah. game, uh, we talked a lot about rebounding. Uh, that was our best rebounding game in the Big East. Uh, you know, and Trey Green, among the many things that he did well, I'm sure not a lot of our fans realize he led us in defensive rebounding. Trey had six defensive rebounds against Providence. You know there would have been a time a month ago that you would be begging him just to enter the almost enter the enter the fight right. Just like don't don't leak out. He's never really had the rebound, and we've talked to him about it. Good teams on defense, good rebounding teams usually you get contributions from from guards. I mean I remember. As far back as Drew Lavender, who always was the smallest player on the the court, there are times when Drew would lead us in defensive rebounding. He just had a knack, had a way of going and getting the ball. But among the many great things Trey did against Providence, Six defensive rebounds. We gave him a standing ovation in the film session, and uh, hopefully that will that'll encourage him to, to keep doing that, right? See the special little treatment things. the guards get, Byron? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> they do it all. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break. This is the Sean
1: Miller Coaches Show from Billy Bistro and Marymount on 55KRC in the Varsity Network. Coaches Show from Billy Bistro and
2: Marymount. When you're out of town and you want to keep up with live college sports – be sure to download the new Varsity Network app, available for both Apple and Android. Listen to College Sports Live with the Varsity Network app.
1: Coach, during the break, um, we were asked, uh, the question was posed. This league has so many good coaches. They have experienced coaches like a Patino, mm-hmm. and they've got guys that are in their second or third year. Is there much difference coaching against... Uh, say a coach that's been coaching for 30 years versus a, 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 someone that's been coaching for three years. Can you feel the difference in the preparation of what needs to be done?
3: It's like the analogy I'd give you. It's like driving a car on a bike trail versus a super highway. Yeah. Meaning I can't explain you the difference, you know, and, and I don't mean that because the last coach that I coached against, you know, is, is younger. that, that, that that's not what I'm saying, but. There's some coaches, and Coach Patino would be there, that they're the best in the game, any game. NBA, FIBA, Europe, best coaches in the world. You know, guys that in every area, their team is prepared. And, you know, they look, they, they bring out the best in you when you try to prepare your team. But um, that's really a unique question to ask, Joe. And 100%, I would say... Thank uh, Sue so for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say... Um, you really notice it you do throughout the years too you just you just know when you know there's some coaches that have better players and that's all part of this you know no coaches can win without good and sometimes great talent but you know when you're up against uh, a quality coach and in our league right now uh, from top to bottom it's probably as strong as any any Conference in the country. And one reason is, you know, we only, I know I use the word only, only have 11 teams, right? It used to be that was the norm, but in these super conferences, you know, most of the time, I think the ACC has what, 16 teams? The Big 12, I don't know what they're going to have or the Big 10 is now going to have. But in our league, it's 10 home games, 10 road games, and we have some great coaches in our league. And, and Rick Petino When you play St. John's, uh, he's bringing out the best in everybody or the worst. Uh, They're getting better, and I think an already terrific league is that much better, uh, in in particular with his addition.
2: Sean, uh, against Providence, we we had the pleasure to be – our broadcast position was right behind you, uh, well, right next to the bench. So, you were kind of in our way when we were watching, <laughs> watching the game. Sorry. I thought about, tapping you, about tapping you on the shoulder and asking you to move, but I didn't <laughs> think that that would probably be a good idea. Um, but, but watching you coach and sometimes, sometimes – I'm looking at you coach and your substitution patterns. Mm. You know, sometimes you sub a lot, sometimes you don't sub very often. What is kind of your mindset when you're, and I know it's a different for each game, but do you have kind of a general set of things in your mind that says, okay, this guy needs to come out, or or what are you what are you looking at mainly when you're, when you're kind of assessing the substitution? I understand some coaches don't even head coaches don't even sub, some of their assistant coaches sub. How what's your mindset relative to that?
3: Yeah, I mean there are times when I make the decision, but a lot of times I our staff's able to, to sub. I mean, a couple of things. One, starting group generally is going to play the first four minutes of each half. If not, it's going to be because of a foul problem or some something that we see doesn't look or feel right. But mostly they've earned the right to start both halves, and you want to allow them to do that. And then I think the second thing is you want players to be comfortable generally on who's going to be the first one or two players in. And in our case this year, Byron, I recognize it hasn't always been the same. But that's more a function of who our team is versus what we want to do. Like a year ago, you you could pretty much tell me ahead of time what the substitution pattern would be. And then foul trouble, the pace of the game, and sometimes quality of play can dictate who subs or who sits out a little bit more. Against Providence, we got in bad foul trouble. So Quincy sat a long stretch simply because we had to. I think Abu sat another long stretch. We actually played Des for most of the first half with two fouls. Yes. I'm glad we did that. I think that was the right move. Again, each team's different with our team. Uh, he's important, especially on the road, to have out there, and he was playing so well. I didn't want to sacrifice that, and it ended up working out. He didn't pick up his third foul until, I think, midway through the second half. But usually uh, we have the beginning of both halves set and who's coming in first. And then foul trouble. And then the other part, and Joe, you talked about it, is sometimes a guy will ask to come out. He gets he gets gassed. You know, just the pace gets so fast. Raise your hand. You know, that's an understanding that he needs a quick sub. We do that, and we allow, uh, you know, our guys who are in off the bench to play. But our bench is is quietly getting better. Obviously, Trey Green's performance speaks for itself. I don't know if we've even talked about that. I mean, he had 23 points, 5 for 8 from 3, 9 for 14 from the free throw line or from the field and, you know, six defensive rebounds and zero turnovers. Clearly the best game of his young Xavier career. And I was really happy for Trey because it hasn't been an easy or smooth path for him. He's had to really keep working, Byron, behind the scenes, keep his confidence. You know, he missed a week because he got sick. That didn't help. But it was great to see him be who he was against Providence.
1: As far as running your offense, so we're going to take a break. Thanks, Byron. Sorry. This is the Sean Miller Coaches Show from Dilly Bistro, on 55KRC in the Varsity Network. Come back to Dilly Bistro and the Sean Miller Coaches Show. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Xavier Athletics. Easy to drink and easy to enjoy. Coach, I thought Daylon Swain, he had the tomahawk dunk. Gets out on a fast break. Can you hear me? You hear you just fine. Can you hear You can't hear me? Just a little bit. Just there a little bit? All right. But Dalen Swain got out on a fast break, he had a tomahawk dunk. I can, I, it may, I may be wrong. You see him in practice, but I almost feel he's to the point where he's going to break out for you and score more. Are you seeing some of those signs also?
3: I am, and and we've talked about this in our in the previous shows. At some point, when you play a freshman from game one throughout the season, non-conference. Now you get into conference season. and Christmas break is over. Now you're in your second semester academically. You you hit that that I don't want to say freshman wall I would go the other way you hit that line where the young players are no longer just inexperienced freshmen they they seem to be more than that and uh, we saw that with Trey the other day he wouldn't have been capable of having a game like that a month ago and I do think that Dalen is on the right track and you know that's the advantage of playing these young guys they have an upside and I think the biggest upside they have isn't this year it would be in in the future and Byron I, I, got, I had a question asked from a knowledgeable fan mm-hmm. and it was on along the lines of what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier and that is just you know us pressing and the implementation of it you know why now and you know as that on offense we're playing a fast pace and you know how do you what's your thought process on implementing it and doing it now and how to how do you evolve it and, and move it forward and I, I would say that We want to play with an incredible tempo on offense, you know, run the score. Doesn't mean we're going to shoot quick, but the pace should be fast. That's the identity of what we want to do on offense. And when you can trap and you can show different looks and pick up full court, even if it's for portions of the game or after a timeout or after a free throw or late in the game, I think it complements how we're already playing on offense. The other thing it does is, you know, it makes us more difficult to prepare for. And it gives us a chance sometimes to change the momentum of the game. You know, I, I would say that man-to-man defense, no matter how good you are at it, it's a fastball. You, each guy has man-to-man. You're picking up at the same point, And, you know, you, you can wear them down and grind them down. It's kind of like a running game in football. But sometimes you match up against a really talented offensive group. And that fastball is not going to work on its own. We've experienced that a couple of times this year. So being able to trap the post, being able to pick up full court and do different things, and we started it probably about four, almost five games ago, and it's something that's going to be with us. And in the future as you watch us, I think what you'll see is almost from that first game of the year all the way on, that will be the identity of our defense where we're a man-to-man team, but we want to give the other team those different looks to, to create change the tempo, be more difficult to prepare for, and sometimes to create that coveted turnover that can really change the momentum of the game.
2: And it really worked, especially against Providence. When you look at, I think you gave up 45 or 40-something points in the first half. Second half, you only gave up 25 points. Right. I mean, and to be able to do that, um, changing up that defense had a lot to do with that, I think, with the press and then – Sometimes you would double in the post, sometimes you wouldn't. Right. Sometimes you would double on the base, sometimes you wouldn't. All those, you know, all, all those different looks that you give them, I think, are are really a, a result of being able to hold them down and, and to and to be a good defensive team that, you know, that that's so important to you.
3: And it will be uh, really important in tomorrow night's game against Butler. They're very good on offense. They're skilled. They're older. They have one of the oldest teams in the Big East, We've got a lot of new faces, but they play well together on offense and they can be difficult to guard. A couple great shot makers and balanced scoring. So those different looks in the matchups, and sometimes in order to protect one of our players and change the game, you know, my hope is that we, we this question and this topic right now, that we can be talking in good terms about that, you know, tomorrow night around 11 p.m. <laughs>
1: All right, this is a Sean Miller's Coacher Show from Dilly Bistro on Marymount, 55KRC, and the Varsity Network. Welcome back to the Sean Miller Coacher Show from Billy Bistro. Just a reminder, there will be no show next week. Xavier's on the way to Creighton on Monday night to take care of the Creighton Blue Jays next week. So we'll be here on January the 29th.
2: Sean, duh
1: big man abu uzman
2: has uh, really start starting to play better for you he's fifth in the big east in offensive rebounds including eight offensive boards versus yukon and fourth in the big east in block shots
3: abu um very similar to davion is is just the ultimate every single day player in that he just he never cuts a corner whether it's a weight lift you know, a player development as far back, and I know I've talked about this already, but just his attitude, his effort level in the summertime, you know, I wondered if he would be that way once the school year began, and he really has. I mean, he loves the game. He takes it serious, almost cares in some ways about his performance too much. He has a lot of pride in what he does, and, you know, part of what we've tried to talk to him about is don't let a, a miss shot or a negative play influence or affect your next play. And he's he's improved in that area. But his defensive ability, his physicality, the role that we have for him, you know, sometimes he's a one-man band in, in there, in and around the basket. But he's done really remarkably well. I mean, think about those statistics that you just mentioned. To be one of the best offensive rebounders in the Big East, to be one of the leading shot blockers in the Big East, and, you know, quietly he's, he's a little bit better scoring too. I don't think that's ever going to be – his gift or the thing that he does best, but he's starting to score it in and around the basket a little bit easier than maybe he did earlier in the year. But really, um, you know, pleased with him and and hopeful that he can just continue to grow and build on the things he's already doing well and do them better.
1: Coach, the score that he had in the second half uh, where Abu took the ball from the free throw line down the left side of the lane, scored it with his left hand, I was impressed by the drive because it was patient. Mm -hmm. And he kept the ball... He dribbled it yep. where he could control it. What What did you think of that? Whole that was about that five, was a good
2: finish, yeah. five or six dribbles, too. Yeah,
3: yeah. no, for sure. Really, he, he, he didn't look, have crab. his normal rebounding night. I, I credit Providence. I think Providence did an excellent job of keying on him and not allowing him to get second shots. Remember, he had eight against UConn, eight offensive rebounds against UConn. So, you do that, that gets everybody's attention. But uh, we're going to need him to be good tomorrow night both on offense and on defense. You know, Butler has two five-men, Thomas, who was with them a year ago, and then a a new guy who's a very adept low-post scorer. So we need a boo to stay out of foul trouble and be at his best tomorrow.
1: All right, that game will be on 55KRC tomorrow night. Thanks for joining us for the Sean Miller Coaches Show from Billy Beesbrill and Marymount on 55KRC and the Varsity Network.
0: Live from the Dilly Bistro in Marymount, this has been the Sean Miller Radio Show. Presented by Bud Light. Easy to drink, easy to enjoy. And by Try TriHealth Tri health provides surprisingly human care that drives the best health outcomes. Be seen, be heard, be healed. Visit TryHealth.com. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xavier Sports Network.